Welcome to The Healing Space, a black and queer mental health podcast geared toward proving there's more than one way to heal. I am Sensei Raven Ekundayo. Okay, so I'm going it alone for the culture of pop, but you will absolutely hear BHW when it comes time for the end to our interview with Damone Williams. I want to thank you guys so much for the feedback we received last week. It was phenomenal. Like, seriously. I personally felt like it was some of the best content we've had in a while. As far as just on one show, we filled it with a lot of really good content. And to get a response back from all of you letting us know that you felt the same way as far as the content and just the the conversation that we all were having, it means a lot. I'm glad that you enjoyed the entire episode from our conversation with him to everything that we had to cover in um, the culture of pop. So I really appreciate that. Uh, we're going to continue on. I'm going to give you some of the culture of pop, and then we're going to move right back into our conversation with Damone. <laughs> if you were offended before, you may still be offended. But first, let's get into my weekend. So this past weekend was a holiday weekend for a lot of people. Um, I will be respectful of how everyone feels about that Thursday, and I'll just call it Turkey Day and move on from there. Uh, my birthday came before that, which was the previous Monday. You know, when we recorded last time, it was on a Sunday, so it hadn't yet been my birthday. But I am now 39 years old, and I spent my birthday chilling because I did a lot of really awesome stuff leading up to my birthday. So pretty much the only thing I did on Monday was my best friend took me back to the aquarium and we both got in for free. So that rocked. And we got to see more stuff that we didn't see uh, the previous Saturday. So that was a lot of fun. That was pretty much, I think, like the biggest thing I did on my birthday. And then after that was that holiday, Turkey Day, uh, with me not being someone who really celebrates it like that, I do enjoy Friendsgiving. And so I went to one of my friend's houses, um... He and some of his family were throwing a, a gathering for everyone. They ate a lot of food. I nibbled. <laughs> and I, I just wanted to enjoy their company more than anything. So I went with my best friend. And we had a good time. We really enjoyed ourselves. And so bounced from there and came back home and chilled out. And this past weekend, uh, I went to the Coca-Cola Museum, which is called the World of Coke. I went there for the first time. And that was really cool. It's funny because I've lived here since April of 2017 and yet I had never been to the World of Coke nor the aquarium in one week. I went to both <laughs> with the aquarium being twice in one week. So that was really cool to knock both of those out so quickly. But the World of Coke was really cool and it didn't even dawn on me that the entire place was made up for the holidays. I don't know. It just it really fit with the atmosphere of Coke. So when one of my friends who had been there before brought up to me that he would have loved to have gone while it was all of the uh, the holiday festivities going on, I was like, oh, right. They don't usually have those Christmas trees with all of the red bulbs, do they? <laughs> it just felt like it fit so perfectly with the color scheme. Uh, but yeah, I loved that. I loved how big it was. Like it took my friend and I who went with me. It took us, I think, about two hours to get through the whole thing. So that was really cool. It was really cool. I enjoyed myself. Uh, a lot to drink. I personally am not a fan of Coke itself. I'm more of a Pepsi guy. However, Coke products, yes, all day. I didn't realize that Coke made Simply, like Simply Lemonade, Simply Orange. Yeah, Coke gets a lot of my money. <laughs> I am a huge Simply supporter. Um, but yeah, so that was pretty much as far as my weekend, everything that ended up happening. The next thing I wanted to move on to was the culture of pop. 
So first we're going to go into Sorry to Bother You, which caught the heck out of me. I was on YouTube, I mean YouTube, I was on Hulu about to catch up on some of my shows and I saw Sorry to Bother You and I was like, what? I thought I read it wrong. So I clicked on it and I was like, this has to be a joke. Like maybe it's something where they have it like loaded, but you're not supposed to watch it yet. Maybe it's a, a glitch and error. I clicked on it and the movie started and I'm like, should this be on Hulu yet? <laughs> so I started watching it and it was such a, a truly surreal, a deeply surreal experience. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Like it's one of those movies where you get why there are a lot of people who either wouldn't like it or wouldn't understand it, but it was right down my alley. Like when they were doing an interview with, uh, I believe his name's Boots Riley, the director, and uh, Lakeith, both of them were talking about how why it was so important for them is because we don't really have any movies like this in the black community. Like when it comes to the white community, they have surreal themes all the time, you know, but you don't really see that when it comes to us. And that's one of the reasons why I really enjoyed watching this because it was a diverse cast, but it was majority black and I, I loved it. I really, really loved it. It was a good time. And it was one of those what the F type situations going on in that film. <laughs> it was it was something where I'm sure if I got high, it would have been an, a phenomenal experience for me. Like I'm really tripping out. Uh, but yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, I enjoyed it. And I think that you should watch it if you're listening, Misfits. Um, I think you should check it out and let me know what you think. Hit me back and tell me what it is that you thought about it. Next would be Shira. So I told you guys last week that Shira was now on Netflix. For those of you who may be too young to know, it was a cartoon that came on in the 80s. She was the sister of a character named He-Man. He-Man was a big deal in the 80s. And they have recreated her on Netflix. So I was highly skeptical because I loved Shira growing up. And I was like, oh, some things you should just leave alone. But I am surprised to admit that I actually enjoyed the show. Now, I'm not done. I think I'm only, I may be halfway through the season. I didn't even look to see how many episodes there are. But I am on episode 5, I believe. And so I don't know if they have 8 episodes or 12. But I'm enjoying it. I'm very surprised that I'm enjoying it. It definitely has a millennial lean to it. Uh, the relationship between certain characters is very different than it was in the original like uh Katra and Shira for instance. This isn't a spoiler. It's just for those of you who grew up watching Shira and you're around my age, just know that they have an entirely new take on their relationship to each other. And it was very surprising, but it it fit. Like it fit and it went along with the storyline, so it didn't bother me. They did a good job of everything. Everything they changed still fit the storyline and i think i really appreciated it i think what i liked about it is that they moved the storyline up to 2018 and even though it's still set in etheria all of the themes still make sense and i think that's the reason why i appreciated it like all of the relationships still make sense with the changes they've made so far we'll we'll see what continues um i wasn't the biggest fan of the animation initially but it's grown on me so yeah, it's pretty cool. So if you are someone who was into Shira and you were nervous about watching it, watch it and let me know what you think. Uh, you may not like it or you may agree with me. And if you weren't aware of what Shira was and you are an adult that can, you know, get into cartoons, then I say check it out. 
Speaking of cartoons, I randomly came across Tarzan and Jane on Netflix as well. It's an update of Tarzan and um, Jane is black. So it was, I was skeptical. <laughs> I was like, okay, what is this about to look like? With, uh, to be honest, even though I think we ended up finding out that Tarzan is uh, just white. In the beginning, it looked like there was a possibility he could have been mixed. But I started watching it. And it's a very detailed, I can't really call it a cartoon because it's made kind of like um, frozen, like the way that the animation is. So it's not like really a cartoon cartoon. I don't know what you would call it. Stop motion or something like that. No, I don't think it's stop motion, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, so I was like, this is a really detailed kids show there we go a very detailed kids show like some of the themes that they get into some of the things they talk about or just the little nuances like tarzan when he first starts off has a very distinctive accent for what whatever area of africa he's in and i loved that i was like okay this is where he was raised this is what he was brought up in so of course his accent was would match for those who don't understand how accents work, um, his accent would fit the environment of where he was raised. However, he eventually, and this isn't spoiling anything, because for, for anyone who knows the whole history of Tarzan, he eventually ends up in London. And so when he's in London, he spends years there, very formative years. And during that time, his accent switches a little bit. So that he has a little bit of the accent from where he was from. I don't know if it was the Congo or where he was, um, where in Africa. But then you can hear the British accent from being around his grandfather and being in school. So I thought that was really cool because it's like kids wouldn't really care about that. So the fact that you made that adjustment for a kid's show intrigued someone my age, you know. So I really enjoyed watching it. I also loved that they had such a positive spin on the black characters. Like in a lot of movies like that, there's a possibility that across the board, all of the characters of color will be the exact same. That is not the case in this show. Like everyone has distinctive personalities that are all very different. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I know there are people who will probably watch the show and find problems with it when it comes to some of the characters of color. But we, we all know when it comes to pretty much anything in this world, people will find reasons to dislike certain things. And we all have the right, you know. But I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it and I'm surprised <laughs> because I'm like, I, why, 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 why am I watching this? But it's thoroughly enjoyable. And last, I'll end on the Soul Train uh, Lady of Soul Awards. Uh, or was it just the Soul? No, it was just the Soul Train Awards. My apologies. The Soul Train Awards, uh, they aired, and I can't remember the last time I actually watched a Soul Train Awards, but I was in my best friend's bedroom, and we were just chilling out. No, that's not true. I was talking to our third roommate in his bedroom, and my best friend called me into his room. I walked in as they were preparing for Erica Baidu's, I think it was SZA. SZA was uh, presenting Erica Baidu with the Legends Award. And so he called me in because he knows how much I love Erica Badu. And so I didn't see anything that happened before that. But <laughs> to fast forward really quick, at the end of the show, when they were showing all of the uh, highlights of the night, it didn't look like I missed anything other than like skits that Tachina Arnold and Tisha Campbell did together. And I think it was the, the cypher with Luke James and Kelly Price. Other than that, it didn't seem like I missed a damn thing. So I was like, oh, okay, not too bad. But... 
Erica, Erica, Erica. She is phenomenal. She is phenomenal. Seriously. And I was explaining to both of my roommates while the performance was going on, like, to see her live is, I mean, to see her on television, you get chills from her voice, but it's her live. Oh my God. And I told them a story about there was a, an event called the Sugar Water Festival that I went to see years ago. It was um, Floetry, Queen Latifah, Erica Badu, and Jill Scott. Or Jill Scott and Erica Badu. And I say that because Jill Scott ended up getting off stage after she finished performing. And a good amount of the audience got up and started to leave. And I was looking around like, I mean, at the time, I loved Jill, Jill Scott just a little bit more than Erica Badu. And I wasn't getting up to leave. I'm like, I spent money for this festival. Like, what? what? <laughs> so I'm watching as some of the people were leaving. And I was like, okay, cool. Erica came on. And when I tell you, like... She proved the reason why she was the last person to perform. She proved it. And like, I was dumbfounded. She killed that stage. She is so phenomenal. Like, uh, anyway, enough gushing over her. She performed and she started out with um, Green Eyes, which is one of my favorite songs from Mama's Gun. But then she went into my absolute favorite Erica Badu song of all time, which is called I Want You. And I almost jumped out of my skin when she started performing I Want You. Oh. Whew. Yeah. So if you don't know I Want You, you need to listen to that song. Like, go find it on YouTube. Pull it up and just get into the greatness. Get into the lyrics, like the words. One of the things that's so awesome about Erica, and there are a myriad of phenomenal things about her, is she is such a wordsmith. And every single line of I Want You is just... Oh, God. We could pray to early May, fast for 30 days. Still, it won't let go. Whew. Got a good book and got all in it. Tried a little yoga for a minute, but it won't let go. Like, what? My desire for you. My love for you. Like, I've done so many things to get rid of it, but it won't let go. It won't let go of me. My desire for you. It won't let go of me no matter what I try to do to get rid of it. Like, child anyway um, <laughs> as you see i love that song and i love erica badu so that was that was awesome uh also they ended up doing the oh and also shout out to taryn austin and duran bernard like they both were uh they are called the baduists along with a sister and forgive me um i know the two of them i'm not familiar with her so forgive me for not mentioning her name but the two of them performed, uh, they did um, background vocals for her, and they wore it out. Wore it out. And Taryn's outfit was, mm, yeah, he was awesome. Uh, they all were. So, yeah, just shout out to them as well. Uh, Faith Evans was awarded with the Lady of Soul Award. And Stevie J presented it to her, which is her husband. And it's so cool for me, for me personally, it's so cool just knowing how long they've known one another years. You know, he played a part. I think he was one of the producers on her first album because he was working for Buffy at the time. And to see that they've known each other for so many years and then they ended up getting married. I believe it was either earlier this year. I think it was earlier this year they got married. It's like, wow, talk about full circle. That was really cool. 
Um, so she performed several songs, but for me, I was literally like, she has to end on Love Like This. And she did, because I'm like, listen, if we're being honest, it is the biggest hit she's ever had. And she's had many hits, but when you have a song that is still played in the club, like, what is it? I think Love Like This is probably almost two decades old, and it's still played in clubs today. I could go up to my 17-year-old nephew and play that song, and he would know exactly what it is. Like, it is a song that absolutely stands the test of time. <laughs> so I was like, there's no way she's not going to close the show out with that. Uh, and she did. And it was really cool. Uh, I didn't get to see any of the skits from Tachina Arnold and Tisha Campbell. But a lot of people online were talking about how they thought they did a really good job with hosting. So I think that that's awesome. I was sitting there like, I is, is this an award show? Like, are you sure it's an award show? Because I saw only one award given out the entire time I was watching it. So... Also, shout out to John B. and Donnell Jones and all the 90s love that was going on during the show. Like, that was, that was, oh, I'm someone who loves 90s music, 90s R&B in particular. And yeah, yeah. Seeing all of that 90s choreo with the backup dancers. Yeah, yeah. It was a good show. It was really a good show. And I don't remember the last time I actually watched a show on BET, an award show. and was like, you know what? I enjoyed everything I watched. So shout out to them. I'm definitely going to make sure I check out next year's show as well. And I think that was it as far as, uh, yeah, that's it. As far as the culture of pop, we are all done. <laughs> so we're now going to make our way to part two of You Might Be Offended with myself, BHW and Damone Williams. Can, can, can I ask you a really quick question? All right, so I want to ask a question to you as someone who used to direct when I was younger. Mm -hmm. My mother gave me my first camera when I was 12. Come on. Um, Brandon knows. Well, Brandon speaks to more onto myself than I do. Mm -hmm. um, I guess aspiring to once again begin to direct. Yes. So as someone who actually put something out there for the world to see, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Brandon knows how much I pay attention to what's going on in the background mm -hmm. whenever I'm watching something. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, like all of the background actors. Like, I'd be like, who <laughs> those are that? typically the most interesting things if you watch them. He's a director, also, though. I, I spoke this on to him earlier today. So listen, listen. You just saw how often today on that trip to the Dr. King stuff, I would stop him and say, "Look at this shot," and I would take a picture of it. And he'd be like, He's "I like, mean, this is the movie right here." I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, literally, thank God he was even just standing to the side and let me have my moment. But he was probably in the head like, hey, this is some shit. I was, listen, come on it's now. Not. Listen, when he, when he and I have Queen Sugar conversations. Now, look. <laughs> now, that's the show. Okay, well, what's your question? Listen, Sorry. okay. So, now, this is something I've actually never talked about with Brandon before. Um, but it is something that bothers me greatly because mm -hmm. I'm always paying attention to the, the full scene. I'm bothered by people who will film, and we know that there are different cuts, you know, mm -hmm. different takes. Listen, you're you're sitting here, and I'm looking at you right now, and your cup is in your right hand. Oh, continuity, yeah. Ooh, I, and I always talk about we can't have dead dead air. Okay, ooh, the face I made. Said, though, to help keep that. There's somebody who's supposed, supposed, supposed to be watching. Okay, everything. so that now, makes Grant, me feel better because I thought I yeah. thought Damone was going to say I'm asking for too much because no, I was no. going to say people would hate me no, on set. Consistency is amazing and continuity is important because like you said, Listen. but I've seen chairs shift. Absolutely. Jackets change. Like, Hello, that, jackets change. That, it was, this is a, t a reality show so it doesn't really count. But remember that thing with uh, whatever that Ray show Ray J's on? Yes. His hat, his beanie or whatever moved. Every time they come like, back. They are you like, serious? He would say something. He would say something. And every time they come back on him, his hat has a different way. What? But it's not because he 
he's the kind of person I think that when he talks, like he has a conversation and moves. I think he so, moves, but also it's editing as well. But yeah, yeah. it's like I think there's supposed there's somebody who's supposed to be there doing that. Now, okay. How much the director lets them interject or whatever might right. vary from show part. to show, but yeah. I think also might be the editing. Right. Sometimes I'd be like. Maybe when the cup was in the right place, it was a better take. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad take. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you sacrifice the fact that the juice is a little bit lower in the cup for a good take. For what the actor is doing, you know what I'm saying? Because you should be watching that. Because most (laughs) people you would hope if it's good, but if it's not good, you see the cup. Yeah. (laughs) Touche. I've seen that all the time. I'm focusing on the cup that's empty. Because the acting's not showing. Because the acting's not showing. I don't care about this scene because I don't like these characters. That's me. I'm guilty. That's more my style. Because yeah. I'm like I don't I don't want people on set to get angry at me because I I'm very anal yeah. and I'm like it ha- but but you make a very good point about this take was better as far as the acting yeah. you know so but because of that but it's also according because for the cup I can take yeah I'd be like okay it's it's less juice yeah that I can take <laughs> yeah. but bitch, it scares a, me but your your shirt yeah. is unbuttoned now and it wasn't before right I got a problem with that yeah. <laughs> like. Now we're going a little too far. Yeah. Like, because that was somebody not paying attention to doing their job. Yeah, because my thing is, that can change the whole mood of the scene. Yeah. If your shirt is unbuttoned, that gives an entire different definition yeah. of what's That's happening true. in the scene from what it was before, you know? All right, I just need to get that out. Okay. No, no, it's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, this is going to be two episodes. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. that, but that was your question about me as a creative, is whether or not I focus and pay attention to that kind of little detail too or, no it was more so do you think that because i i already assume and i guess it's wrong of me to assume but for you as a director i believe in your work too much to think you wouldn't pay attention oh, to yeah. it I'm, I'm, so it was less about if you pay attention to it i assumed that yeah i just needed to know if you thought i was being too anal no okay mm-hmm. i'm sure there's plenty of folks who feel the same way but i mean that's probably a small thing that most people don't even think to voice or at least yeah. not voice right. publicly or that out loud this uh, several times on here offline whatever how there seems to be this this resurgence or this wave feels maybe differently than ones before do you think that it, that is the case do you think that this one might be a bit more long lasting mm. do you think that we might have finally quote unquote made it well we haven't made it no <laughs> um i don't think we've made it no but i do think um this feels different i think it's a different mm. renaissance if we want to call it that i think what it is though what really makes this a different renaissance of black creatives and black art is the ways in which we kind of can and do hold people accountable now um because of social media because of receipts because of screenshots because of getting people on the record saying they're going to do xyz it's they're implementing the change structurally Mm -hmm. and they're doing it from the base up as opposed to just let's get more black actors in front of the camera Mm -hmm. no let's get more black people in general into the academy Let's get more black people in general behind the cameras creating the stories, writing in the writer's room, and then getting on set and directing the story so that we don't have a show about black people written by white folks, directed by white folks, edited by white folks, sound designed by white folks. That's We need people who know us and know our uh, nuances. nuances and who can capture that, mm-hmm. which is why the stuff Ava does is so gorgeous and something that we haven't seen. In, we've seen it before, but sparsely. We've seen it with, you know... Um, Daughters of the Dust, uh, Julie Julie Dash's film. We've seen it with. Um, why are these people blanking? And I feel like such a bad black actor. Um, <laughs> with Julie Dash, we've seen it with her. We've seen it with. Um, oh my God, Sankofa, in DC. I met the man. Jesus, Holly Garima. We've seen it with all the work they do. They know how to capture black black people in our beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, Bradford, who's Ava's one of the guys she DPs, who DPs all her stuff. We have the people now, I think, with Ava, everything she does is 
black folks are on display as the beautiful messes that we can be. Mm-hmm. I think because people are being held accountable, they have that whole um, the writer now where you're like, if I'm in your movie and I'm a celebrity yes. who you want, you have to include this amount of people of color, right. of disability, of ability, of all these things to make the set, you know, diverse and inclusive. Um, I want to believe that we're going to look up in five, ten years and it's going to still be the same and better and we're going to have more opportunity. Um, I would be lying if I didn't say I was a little skeptical, mm-hmm. but I, I'm excited by what's out there. I am waiting, though, and I said this a few days ago to somebody. Um, as, as much as I'm excited about the work black women are doing, I want them to keep doing it. And as much as I'm excited about the work that black people heterosexual mm-hmm. folks in general cool. are doing we got all these beautiful tv shows about the black experience from their lens i love it god bless keep doing it we need more of it i'm waiting with bated breath for the moment when this kind of renaissance and like explosion of black content comes from black queer folks come on especially for me black gay men i feel like we have not ever really had that moment for us where we've been the center of a narrative and it not it wasn't stereotypical or it wasn't about the DL or it wasn't about being sex crazed or it wasn't about like being in the closet and having to come out to religious parents and how traumatized that's part of people's narrative sometimes that's fine but we're much more than that we're much more than narratives about the DL and um HIV and that's part of it but we're more than that give me the story about the two black men who are in love and have been in a relationship for 30 years and like they're raising a family and they just happen to move into this house and it's haunted Give me the narrative about the two lesbian black chicks who, you know, were in a relationship in the deep south in the 60s. And it doesn't have, and we don't talk about the racism and we just talk about their love affair. Like it's a summer 1962 in Alabama and these two women had the house to themselves because Grandma Jean and, and Papa Terry left to go back to California for whatever damn reason. And now we're just watching these two women in this house in Alabama being in love with each other. Absolutely. Like something simple like that, but we don't have that yet, and I'm waiting for it, and I hope to be a part of that renaissance, but we will see. Um, ooh, there's something that, okay, I was about to mention something that he's written. <laughs> what did I write? Because he, okay. you, you, you and I have talked about it a lot. He tweets about it all. But he, he, yeah. he hasn't shown me any of it in years. Oh, it's so. still good. It's still oh, good. Oh, it's still what okay. did I write? Oh, the Kingstons. Oh, I can mention it. Yeah, okay. I tweeted about it. That's what I'm saying. He tweeted about it. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I saw like the first draft. I ain't seen yeah, it since. Back in but 2011. I, listen, listen. Yeah. We need stuff like that. that. Right. <laughs> right. Okay, you saw. it. Got you. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, I can only imagine what it's turned yeah. into now. But um, BBC. but yeah, it. It was a movie when you read it. Yes. And then it's a TV show now. But yeah. Hmm. Child. Yes, yes, we knew. We need people who are willing to step outside, mm-hmm. who aren't just going to give the the regular everyday story that everyone's used to. Right. You know, Which and, is and why Moonlight was so great. Yes, yes, because the the thing is, the story exists within you. Yeah. You're not allowing yourself to tap into that right. because in your mind you think it's easier to just give people what it is that they're used to. Yeah. The thing is, you have to. I won't even say brave enough because I don't even think it has to go that deep. Mm. You just have to want to be yourself. Yeah. You want to be able to give people stories that you want to see. Yeah. That's the thing. Mm. What do you want to see? Create what you want to see. Not what you you feel like others. Come on. And I think back to what I was saying earlier. You just create the same old things. That's how typecasting happens and we get the same 
old stories and it airs and everything else is like, oh, this was popular, this was successful, this was blah blah blah. Like we don't need ten different moonlights. No, moonlight no, was fine. That's one and that's all. And, and but moonlight is also its own maybe genre. Or if you open up and you know what I'm saying, explore the more artsy or the more abstract kind of uh, a yeah. not the typical coming of age story or whatever that looks like. We don't have to give me. I don't need ten chevrons. I don't need that. Right. Like yeah. his story was fine. Like yeah. and let's move on. Who else is yeah. there? And that's great that you brought that up because I was going to ask you, though, about black creatives, black queer creatives specifically. And I also feel like a lot of people might not like this, but you, heterosexual men seem to be left out of this current renaissance, whatever this is. All these like black women leads, which is great because black women do need that exposure. They need to be in the forefront. But I feel like black men in general are kind of left out, at least in front of the camera. And I, what is this face that you I'm give me? I'm just smiling because <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking things. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just wish that there were more of that. You know what I'm saying? Of course, I know there's all this these issues with, you know what I'm saying, black straight men and gay men and women and all these things. But I feel like black people in general, the story should be, like there's enough diversity within blackness mm-hmm. to where there should be a lot more things that we see. Yeah. So I appreciate you saying that because my focus, <clears throat> and I've always let people know this, you know, I'm like, I... I have been told that I'm a feminist, so that's cool. Uh, That's all good. Um, I don't see myself as one, but that doesn't mean that I don't stand with my sisters. Always do. But I I let people can be feminist, but that's just me. Right. Uh, Listen, we can have you on for another episode. (laughs) But um, but but I I let people know that, and this has been me since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I usually go down the path that everybody else isn't going down. Mm -hmm. So when I see so many people doing one thing, I'm like, well, you all do that. I'm gonna go in a different direction. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, okay, lots of I see more queer men standing up for black women than I see black women standing up for us. Oh yeah. So I'm like, okay, so here here's the deal. When it comes to men, black men. I don't really see us standing up for each other as much as I feel like we should. So here's the direction I'm going to go in. Mm -hmm. So Yolo and I ended up having conversations about Uh that. Yolo Akili. Because he he came to me one day and he said he wanted to let me know how much he truly appreciates everything that I do Mm -hmm. for black men. Mm -hmm. And that caught me off guard because you don't always know people are looking. Mm -hmm. you know. So I told him, I was like, that really means a lot. Because at the time I was doing lots of um, town halls and things of that nature for black men in general. Mm -hmm. Like the very last um, town hall I had in Baltimore before I moved was bringing together trans men, um, same gender loving queer men, and um, cisgender, well, cisgender, homosexual, and heterosexual men yeah. um, for an event where we all get to talk and share our stories raw in a safe space. Mm-hmm. And I feel like more of those things are needed. Mm-hmm. So I thank you for bringing up this topic because a lot of times I felt like I was alone because I know so many queer men who are like women. That's it. Yeah, because it's like, I think it's great to have women, but I'm not a, a woman, a queer woman. A, I'm black. That's great. You know what I'm saying? And she'll have a black man as a love interest or maybe a black man as a best friend and maybe a queer, you know, brother somewhere on right. the show possibly who pops in every now who and then. pops I don't in know. every now. That wasn't even specific shade. I was just really <laughs> saying. And I does was, her hair. Come on. But you know what I'm saying? Or like, Come who, on. Who, who works in the office, who delivers the mail, something like right. random in the background, whatever. No, like I just... I would like to see more men. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because I am a because man. So I, I want to see myself. Just like women want to see themselves. Listen. Listen. But you, you can't say that without it being... <laughs> Hello? But you can't say that people hear what you're saying. That's true. They're going to hear what they want to hear. They're going to they're gonna hear, oh, you're them. saying no more women. They're going to hear what they want to hear no matter what. So you can try to make it as pretty as you can, as palatable, as nice, and they're still going to hear what the fuck they want to hear. Baby. So. If I tell but you I how think... often that happens. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. I I think the issue, not issue, but my pushback, like even the work that I do is, is what does uh, Mara and Salim say that black they're on black on purpose? I'm all of my work is black and gay on purpose. 
and I do it. I center black gay men in everything I do. I had a conversation with some people because I asked the question of, is it wrong that a lot of my work, most of my work, doesn't feature black women? It's black gay men living and living no. and doing our lives. And I had some people say yes, and some people say no. Um, for me, I'm a black gay man who doesn't have many straight women in my life. My best friend is a straight woman, and that's about it. Most of my friends are black gay men, other men who are gay. I don't, and I also don't have a lot of heterosexual friends who are male. Um, so the idea of like telling stories about them as a creative doesn't make sense to me because I don't have that immediate connection yeah. to them. I tell the stories about the experiences I've had, and that's with a bunch of other black gay men and maybe a straight woman here or there. Um, so I don't know. I think we definitely need more work from them. I think they need to spearhead it. They can't mm-hmm. expect us to create it because I'm not. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I can't maybe make a straight black man. No, that's not what I'm doing. Yeah. But right. I mean, that is the lead. That's, that's I don't want to either. Yeah. Right. But I'm, I feel like it, it needs to be Somebody there. Somebody needs to do it. Absolutely. So I think they should. They should write, get a writer's room. But then the thing is, like, can you imagine a writer's room of just a bunch of straight men, black straight men writing a TV show, what the Twitter is going to be like? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> my thing is, it could be like, they need a show. And maybe they need a show like that that's just about a bunch of black straight men. Having the con- the barbershop conversations where they have the progressive ones and the hoteps and the non-progressives and yeah. the people who are anti-woman and, and uh, homophobic. Maybe that's what they need. They're not going to get it from me, right. but they need it. I mean, that's because it's all healing. It's all therapy. It's all a way to, you know, help change people. People think art is just, oh, I can just watch this movie. But no, we watch these movies. We watch TV shows. We go to plays. We listen to music. We look at paintings because somewhere in there we're looking for... A feeling. We're wanting this thing to change us. We're wanting to kind of be moved by what we're watching, and that is therapy. That like I can't tell you how many times I've watched, listened, invested in some piece of art because I knew it was gonna make me feel better. Um, I'll turn on Nina Simone whenever I'm in a mood, and it always makes me feel better. Um, there aren't too many movies that I rewatch, so I don't know about that. But um, yeah, art is therapy, and I think black straight men need it as much as black queer folks and black women in general. Yeah, honestly, if not more. So right. Let's, well, let's, let's be real. clear. Maybe they'll start washing their asses if they have good TV shows. Yeah, if they have good TV, they're gonna wash their ass. <laughs> yeah, your whole episode about that, like a barbershop show. There like, should be an episode of Insecure about why straight men don't wash their ass. <laughs> Issa, if you're listening, give me an episode of Insecure where Daniel doesn't wash his ass and you get into him about it. And now he makes his friends wash their asses. Wow. And give me lots of shots of him naked in the shower because he is gorgeous. And if you're listening, I don't talk, I don't speak, I don't tell nobody's business. I'm in L.A. Wow. Wow. And scene. And scene. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I still thought he was talking to Issa at first. Listen, no, 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 no. That was Daniel. I, I, that was all Daniel. Make it clear. Make it clear. Make it clear. I don't like fish. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love Issa, but I'm like, no, nah, I don't. She probably don't want me either, though. As we kept quiet as it's kept. But Daniel. <laughs> Come on, boys. Ooh. Come on, boys. All the men on that show are sexy, though. Yes, because... I know people don't like Drew, but I even think he's sexy. Is. Is. I'm going to make fun of him. Make, make fun of him all the time say he look like that thing from Space Jam. They I get a so mad. I've never seen that. Really? It must mm-hmm. be a Twitter thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I know you've been waiting. I know you've been waiting. Because he'll talk about stuff. I'm like, what? That like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter. Okay. I can't. I can't. Nathan was cute. <laughs> Lawrence is cute. Mm. The dude with Jay, the baby sipping Jay, that cup Jay. all the time, sipping his drink. Chad? Chad is Fine cute. Fine as hell. 
Oh, and he's very, he's actually very progressive and sweet. And like people, I complimented him and was like very thirsty. Oh, oh, Chad. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I don't know you're talking about. I was about to tell them myself and y'all cut me off. So that's a sign. That's no, 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 no. The universe is like, Damone, you don't shut your ass up. No, it's, I was just going to say I was, he had a, he posted a thirst trap and I commented on it and was being flirty and he liked it and commented back. Indeed. I like straight men who can do that. Like, Indeed. let's not be super, like, sensitive about, like, nigga, I don't want you. I mean, I do, but I'm not going to, like, press you because you're a straight man. Like, me complimenting you and saying you're handsome or that this picture of you in these shorts with everything looking right does not mean that you are now gay. And a lot of guys Come on, that. that's a word. He didn't, but a lot of straight men would be like, no, nah, man, I would that gay shit. Nigga, it's a compliment. Say well, thank he, you and keep it pushing. Well, he just gave me space to finally feel like I can say it on the podcast, what I told you about Jay. I wasn't going to say it publicly. I was going to leave it to myself. But now that he... Jay has uh, liked my nude yoga pictures. Jay. Jay, Jay, Jay. Jay Ellis. Jay Ellis. Yes. Yeah. Lawrence. God, he's gorgeous. Yeah. Listen. Mm. And child, the fact that he didn't like more than one. I was like, why, thank you, straight man. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. This face. This face. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we are in a space and time in this world when... Sexuality is a spectrum, so you never know where somebody lies. I need for it to be on that spectrum. And it could be just one of those nights where he's like, you wanna? (laughs) (laughs) And you'd be like, absolutely. (laughs) Where, when, and for how long? All night. Well, I won't ask the last one, because you can go as long as you want. But yeah, okay, the other ones. That's fine. On that note, Uh we're going to bring it on home. (laughs) Bring it around town, indeed. So, here on the healing space, we like to always, you know, ask and close out, um... How do you find your healing, or what? What are your healing practices? What does that Child, look like? I'm to broken you? as fuck. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, why did I, that's not to, this is a mental health podcast. When somebody says I'm broken as fuck, I should not laugh. It's my to help you find a healing. No, no, no. I mean, here's what I'm here's the thing. So I believe, and maybe this is just mine. And people don't. I, this is for me. People don't have to agree. Other artists. I think as an artist. The reason I'm an artist is because there are broken pieces and parts of me that I'm desperately always seeking to fix. They are not broken pieces and parts of me that I think make me uh, less of a person who is worthy of anything. I don't think that happens. And I also don't think there are parts that like show up in like volatile ways. Mm-hmm. But there are things that are broken and shifted and, and the art I create that I write and the stuff that I do if, not, if it's somebody else's project... You're always kind of searching for a piece of the puzzle, a piece of the narrative for your life and whatever that is. So I think for me, really, it's art. Like, I don't, I can't think of it, art and weed. It's real. Yeah. And sometimes liquor. I'm not, I don't drink as much anymore. But the weed, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm new to that. Like, it's been a little bit over almost two years of smoking and it's saved my life. Uh, but saying, yeah. <laughs> really, it's just mostly art. Like, I watch a lot of TV and films, and if it's a good web series, I'll watch it. Uh, I listen to a lot of music. Um, I just look at the art when I'm like, I probably should see a therapist. I think everybody should, but I think as an artist, what we're kind of privileged to is like our work is therapy. Absolutely. Anytime I do anything, like when I was in Chicago this summer working with Steppenwolf for you know the the school at Steppenwolf. Every day was a therapeutic session. We'd be in class, in our Meisner class, and every day it was everybody cracking open wide and crying about things that we didn't know were there, learning how to handle these emotional traumas and how to turn them into beautiful work and put them into our art. So that's why, maybe that's why the pushback for me against people who don't train and actors who are like, I don't train or I won't do theater, I worry because 
I don't know that film or television is as therapeutic as theater because you have to, everything is spiced. Like, it's a three-minute scene, so we're going to shoot this thing for three minutes and be done. That's a long time. A 30-second <laughs> shot. A 30-second shot, and that's all. Like, even Viola was talking about the, the, the difference between film and TV or film and stage is you this how long you sustain. In a TV show on a movie, I might have to sustain for 30 seconds, and then they yell cut, and I can drop out of it and go about my life. Theater, from the minute the curtain goes up, actually, if we're going to be honest, however your prep time is, there's all that time beforehand. Yes. The minute that curtain goes up and the minute it comes down and then however long it takes you to come out of that, you have to sustain, even through intermission, even through the scenes you're not in. So it's like you're constantly going through therapy. So for me, my healing and wellness comes from my art, other people's art, art in general. Ape shit, nice, those two songs. Yeah. Flawless. What's the other one? Feeling Myself. That one. Stan. That is my song now. Because all these are a particular person. Beyonce. Oh, yeah. Let's be clear. Okay. Listen, I've seen her twice now, and it was all on somebody else's dime. Go off. Bless them. Like, thank God, because they just hit me up and said, here's a ticket. Beyonce is my therapy. You are a black queer man. (laughs) (laughs) The misfits are not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have anything? No, I don't think I'm gonna make sure. <laughs> okay, so sir, you mentioned earlier you might be able to do this or share. That's fine. So you did a short film, Gideon's Cross. Yes. Can the Misfits find it anywhere online? Anywhere is it? They gotta hit you up and, and DM you. They gotta blow you up to see I'm it. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. So that breaks my heart every time somebody asks that question because uh, no, it's not anywhere public online because it is owned by. Uh, Outfest. So I did the film with Outfest through a fellowship that they had for young filmmakers. Um, so they own the rights to it. And they always want to have the option of selling it or putting it on a compilation DVD of all the films they've ever made. So we can't post it publicly, which is ridiculous and heartbreaking because it's something that I've created that I can't share as often and as widely as I want. However, and if Outfest got something to say, they can find me and let me know. But uh, <laughs> if anybody would like to see it, I haven't watched it in years, and I won't watch it again. But um, I have a link and a password, and I'm very happy to give that to people. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm right now. I'm happy to ask. Yeah. <laughs> I've, seen right? I've seen it. I've seen it. I haven't seen it. So, so how have like, you not yeah. seen Gideon's Cross? I don't know. I feel like I... No. You've never seen the Black Gay Vampire Slayer? No. That we're going to turn into a TV show. I'm actually developing. And I'm going to write on, because he's going to hire me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. He's going to be the, gonna be the uh, showrunner. Do you want to show run or do you want to just write? I just want to write. Okay, you're going to be the head writer. That's If you keep demoting, like, he's like, no, I don't want that responsibility. Bitch, you can give me my cup of water, girl. Give me my coffee. Like, listen, what do you really want to do? Right. <laughs> I gave you the show runner. You was about to run the show. Listen. No, I'm good. No, I'm good. The head writer. Again, no, it's, no, it's back to knowing your, your strengths and weaknesses. Is it knowing your strengths and no. weaknesses or being afraid of the power that you hold and possess inside of yourself? It's knowing my strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> Come on, because it is call a, it out. Because they're black gay vampire slayer. I know yeah. I'm not the supernatural no, no, person no, no, to showrun that. Come on, so okay. I can work on that show. Yeah. Like like on a charm type of thing. I can give you the sister drama. Right. Yes. The vampire the magic and, the, and stuff, the lore, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like Grace. I can work on Grace. Because I can work on Grace. Uh, but that that doctor uh, shit when they be like surgeon. Yeah. Who, who, that's not you. Who's, no, who's doing that? They have researchers for that, so it's all That's good. fine. Yeah. But yeah. So yes. Okay. So that's why. <laughs> so where can the uh, Misfits walk with you on social media? 
Oh, we walking, Lord we Jesus. Right. <laughs> can we hop in the car? Can we get in an Uber? No. Um, <laughs> what can they drive no. with you? you <laughs> listen, scooter with you. Scooter. Come on, scooter. y'all got a lot of these damn scooters all over the city. Just be laying on their side. It's <laughs> terrifying to me, like a desolate wasteland. No, there's um, <laughs> a scooter turned over, and you can't pick it up unless you put money yeah, in it. You can't pick it up. No, listen. ma'am, keep that to yourself. Um, so I'm on all of this. Well, not all of them. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Tumblr, but don't follow my Tumblr because it's porn on there. Unless you like well, that kind of thing. Here we go. Now they're going to. It's not exactly. my porn, but unless you like that kind of thing. Um, no, so I think on all of them is uh, my first, last name, and an underscore. So Damone Williams underscore D A M O N E W I L L I A M S underscore. Yeah. I think, though, and, uh, there's a difference. No, yeah, it's all Damone Williams underscore. And if it's not, if you just type in Damone Williams, it's really only one of us. So. There are more, but there's only one that really matters. Hello, Eddie's oh. here today in the studio. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to walk with us, that is underscore THS podcast on Twitter, THS podcast on Instagram, and that is THSpodcast.com for the official website. Uh, if you'd like to be able to find us all over to listen to every single episode of the podcast, you can go to... <laughs> You can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast. You can always go to THSPodcast.com and find all the episodes there. You're able to listen there. We have 50, 60 something you know, episodes catch up for the past year. And now here we are in year two. So Come catch on, up. season two. Let y'all know about that. Okay. <laughs> this, this movement you gave the people, if they could have seen it. I had it. to give them a little shoulder just now. You know, uh, just okay. a little bit. Okay. You said that and I thought about the Kaiser show, give a little leg and take it back. Uh-huh. You know the episode I'm talking about? I know the quote, that's all. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Okay. You, you knew you, knew you would. Huh? Can't talk about that show anymore, guys. Because? I need Ooh. you to. <laughs> well, you know, girls get, get iffy and, and touchy when you talk about things that deal with Cosby, even if it's not only about him. If you learned anything about this episode. Oh, no, no, no. Listen. <laughs> I, I love, listen. I am one of the ones who will still stand on top of a fucking house mountaintop and scream i love the cosby show bill fucking cosby be damn nasty motherfucker but i love the show, <laughs> the show. and hello. i know how to differentiate i don't see bill cosby i see heathcliff huxtable hello and hello. it's a fucking amazing show and it's always going to be and i oh this is a whole other episode i hate that they pulled it because it took all that money out of other people's pockets come on and that's why jeffrey owens is at trader joe's listen or whole foods wherever the fuck it was that. trader joe's yeah and yeah, I, yeah. I i absolutely agree and respect that i know we should have ended but that's fine <laughs> you brought it up. i brought it up whoever this is um, why i told you it's gonna be two episodes <laughs> that's fine i think the the big issue that people have and that i have also is like the defenders of the show yeah. it's the connection to heathcliff oh yeah yeah and it's like and i i, I get to bill well, no, it's the connection to Heathcliff that they associate to Bill, if that makes any you, sense. They, they, yes, and it's like, I, you might have grown up in a single-parent household, or this was your favorite TV show, whatever, but you also give this man a lot for this particular character. Right. Yes. That's true. You, you, yes. Nobody is the character. No matter how based right. on them it is, they right. still have a whole ass life that is unscripted. Obviously. Come on. Obviously. <laughs> like, Heathcliff Huxley wasn't putting no uh, Mickeys in nobody's drink. Hello? So... But no, I do think like even though we don't know what was we, always we happening don't. downstairs. On the, I was listen, thinking, I was <laughs> we didn't see those scenes, but yes, yes. In and, the he always, and he always had a little woman client. Well, he's a doctor for pregnant women, so yes. it was like he couldn't have had listen. Hands, so let's so not that, do that. Like, he could have. Saying, <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. What do you mean? He could have. No, I just yeah. I don't think. Look, I don't agree with like, and I and I my mom and my grandmother brought this up when all the shit broke about Bill because I grew up. 
not idolizing, but really enjoying and uh, honoring the man that I that we that he was that he presented to us this mm-hmm. false image of him. Um, so yeah, like I mean, I watched the Cosby Show. I liked Cosby, which I think is even better than the Cosby Show personally. Um, all of his records, the Cos- the comedy albums, and all that stuff. I Spy, all the stuff back in the day. Mother Jugs and Speed, fantastic movie. Um, but it was tough when that shit came out because then you go, how do I reconcile the feelings I had for this person that built up to this and then how do I navigate now unfortunately you go well this is who you are and it's trash and terrible and ugly and disgusting and now you're in jail or prison wherever you are and that's where you gotta be however I'm still gonna watch the Cosby show that part yeah, so, yeah. and get in people they checks <laughs> if I see Rudy at the damn uh, Texaco I'm gonna be mad <laughs> No, she she has her Tyler Perry check, so she's I was good. thinking That's that. very true. I was thinking, like, as long as she knows Tyler, she should be fine. She's lived from and one Felicia, double to the other. Felicia okay, good. Like, Felicia is, like, still on TV, so it's fine. But what did you just She's say? the one who was no. not hurting, to be honest. <laughs> Never. No. And yeah. I feel like she, and I don't know this to be true or not, but I feel like she has to have some kind of back-end thing if you, to be the second lead with him. I'm sure somewhere she had signed something where she is getting money no matter what. I hope like it would have. That's the deal I would have made. <laughs> but I think also too, I think you wouldn't know that thirty years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like just in case something no, no, comes out, like, twenty. You know what I'm saying? It's twenty years about this man. Still give me my check. You wouldn't get that. No, I just mean like business wise. Your agents and people will tell you. Right. You better get three percent of that back end. Yeah. Every time they sell a DVD and we go to um, uh, shit. The thing Taraji is waiting for. Syndication. Uh, <laughs> no, she talks about that all the time. Every interview she she gets, she's like, so how much longer do you think you're going to do Empire? Oh, she, uh, and she's wait a minute. Like, Empire hasn't hit 100 yet? No. Empire hits, uh, I think they're at 72, 73. But so. actually, this season, Empire will become the longest running black drama. Wow. Really? Okay. Wow. Because Soul Food holds that with 74 episodes, but Empire's going to beat that in Now, like you had a told weeks. me that. You had told wow. me Soul Food. Which yeah. is very interesting. Very interesting. I mean, God bless them. Okay, um, I'm, 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 I'm gonna leave it there. I mean, okay. God should bless everybody. Yeah. No, I do. I, <laughs> oh my God! I just shady. wanted to read that little that little fact. <laughs> but no, they're waiting like syndication. That's the thing. I would definitely have back ends because they make a lot but of I money mean, from syndication. Well, not anymore because shows aren't playing. That's what I'm saying. I was like, with all this TV, I don't know if anybody's really getting syndication money anymore. Like, right. I don't, <laughs> right. That was the thing back in the day when they didn't have YouTube and phones with Netflix and shit. You needed to be able to watch. Cosby Show or Growing Pains or whatever. Right. Oh, um, before like, everybody started making their own original shit. Right. Like they needed everybody to has their own original. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't need. Yeah. You when don't them off brand. No, when them off brand TV shows networks needed to have stuff to play, Absolutely. so they gave they gave them the episodes from season one and two of whatever show that was, and that was their content. We don't need that anymore. So, but she wants a syndication. Well, she and she should get it. She's getting she it from deserves. Baby Boy. She been getting it for twenty years. <laughs> but is that a lot of money? I don't know how much she's actually getting, like Probably money wise. But I'm just saying. Because that was an indie film, wasn't it at first? It was John Singleton. It was John Singleton. I don't know if it was yeah. indie. I mean, it I was said John, I don't know. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm just because that was his third or fourth film. Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to think of at that point was he still? Well, probably not. John I think it had been stalled because uh, uh, Tyrese's character was supposed to be Tupac. So I don't, I don't know. Oh, that would have been interesting. I probably would have liked the movie. I would have liked the movie. Okay. <clears throat> Well. On that note, <laughs> can the misfits walk with you? Oh yeah, we didn't say us, did we? <laughs> Great job, because I was really sitting here like, how am I going to edit this so we can put this before we did? <laughs> Look at us. We better be known without knowing. Okay, so you can walk with me all over social media at Scorpiogi. 
That is Scorpi Yogi. You're welcome. Okay. And it's Scorpio season. Okay. Okay. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank happy you. Happy birthday. Thanks so, for you, actually. Uh, thank me for telling you happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, my birthday. My birthday. Happy early birthday. Happy Scorpio season. Okay. There we go. Listen. Okay. You're awesome. Okay. Um, you're welcome. Thanks. So you can walk with me on Twitter and on Instagram at Just Call Me Otis. Who is Otis? Your mama. <laughs> oh, I have wanted to know who Otis was forever. Since I've known Brandon, I have wanted to know who Otis was. You better wait for the right time to ask. I feel like Otis Listen. is Temptations, right? We can go with that. Because I remember, wasn't that something I said? Ain't nobody coming for you, Otis. Yeah, yeah. We can go with that. Sure. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's just because I act old. And so my friends started calling me Otis. And so when I made Twitter, yeah. that's what it was. And so, but it's been my Twitter name it for so been. long. It's like, I tried to change it. Uh, you, you like did. a few months ago, and you then I did. changed it back. I was like, yeah. it doesn't. And doesn't what feel right. did you change it to? Like no more Otis or no something. Otis. Yeah, and like, then, who is this? Yeah, I didn't know. And right. then, and then I, I was about to fight him because I had to go back and switch stuff oh, yeah. online <laughs> that said it. I was right. like, son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So that's it. Okay. I don't know what I'm gonna do when I like make it because then like because I know like Lena's uh, Instagram. Change. I'm gonna. Or uh, her twenty name release was for long. It was like Holman Grad. Now it's her name. Mm-hmm. My name's longer than hers. So I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. <laughs> well, listen, I've, I've been I've calling you B H W for forever. So listen. Eh, we'll see. I thought about that. I don't know if I like that, but we'll see. I got people who knew you for the longest time calling you B H W now. I'm like, how am I the first person who thought of okay. it? Okay. Like, B Harris will. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. I wish I didn't have to use the underscore in mine, but. That's because somebody account. took yours or something. Took yours. Originally, it was just my name, and then the bitches hacked me, and they wouldn't let me back in, and it's still there, and it hasn't been used in four years. Wow! And they will not let me have it. Always fighting against the man. Always <laughs> put on my neck. <clears throat> well, but okay. So it's time for us to go now. <clears throat> so we thank you all so much for listening. <laughs> you misfits are awesome. Thank you so much, Jamon. Not the two of them both pick up their phones. <laughs> they said it's over now. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jamon, for joining us. My all the way from Cali here in Atlanta with us. Pull over that. That's not. Oh. But okay. I want to sing along. I want to sing along though. We're gonna go. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, we love you. Namaste.